0: Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals.
2: Stand by! Three cheers for Her
1: Majesty, the Queen!
0: And we're back. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. It is time for your weekly update on the royal news you need <laughs> to know. I cannot <laughs> believe it is only the second week of January. It is mind-blowing. Mind-boggling. A couple of royal reminders, as always, before we dive in, you can follow us on Instagram and you can join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. Which might need to be renamed uh, at Bridgerton Obsessed, but we can talk about that later. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> hot tip. You can also subscribe to the podcast and, of course, leave us a royal rating of five stars. We would so appreciate Please. it. It would make our day. Send us an email at info at We would love to hear from you. Roberta,
1: as you said, it's been a long year already. I feel like the events of last week were really, really difficult to watch, and I know that "royally obsessed" is obviously an escape, but it doesn't mean that we are not staying silent on what happened at the Capitol. That was really, really devastating. Um, I feel like we've talked about this a lot, Roberta and I, and it's it's such a scary time with filled yeah. with misinformation and hate. And we just want you guys, as our listeners, to know that we're for sure here for you guys and reminder to just please be kind to yourselves during what's, I feel like this is, I've heard somewhere they said that this is Q5 of 2020. January feels like that.
0: It really does. I know. And I I think, you know, last week we recorded before all of this went down and it really is heavy stuff. Um, It's a lot to process. I feel like I'm still processing all of this and kind of, um, dealing with it on my own and personally and within my circles. So, um, yeah, definitely just give yourselves room to kind of do that. And also, you know, We love that you're here and listening to this as a little escape from everything that's going on, and we hope that things get better. So we are always here for you, and definitely write us in if you need us or want to talk to us at all. We're here for you guys, Um, but we do have an exciting episode and a lot to cover, so what are are we talking about? We're
1: talking about the Queen's Covid vaccination. I feel like that is a milestone as I hit my microphone. Really hard. <laughs> That's how
0: excited I am. Whoa! That Whoa! Was, sound of that was <laughs> excitement. Um, um, I know. I just feel like that was such a bright spot after such a, a terrible and crazy week. I think that that was such good news. That was really good news. We also and were talking about the front. one-year anniversary of Meghan and Harry's
1: UK departure as senior royals. We also have a special guest, Brian Kozlowski, who's the author of a new book about the Queen's wellness habits—advice we all need. But the biggest breaking news of the new year is that Roberta started Bridgerton. So let's just (laughs) get
0: into that. (laughs) And I am hooked. It could not have come at a better time for me. I feel like I needed to stop watching CNN. Initial thoughts. I want to hear it. Initial thoughts. Oh my gosh! So I'm only on episode one because I'm really like I just finished episode one. I. Obviously, you know that I love Jane Austen and this Regency era, and I'm so obsessed. I'm – the set, the costumes, everything I – it's it's I'm not kidding the Riley obsessed Facebook
1: group is completely Bridgerton obsessed it's like just the Duke of Hastings the Duchess of Hastings that's all you're seeing Duke of Hastings (laughs) yeah
0: oh my goodness even just episode one I'm I'm like in love I followed all of them last night on Instagram at like 1 a.m. I was just like couldn't fall (laughs) asleep was just following all the Bridgerton characters I also love that Nicola Coughlin, I hope I'm saying that right, is from Dairy Girls. Did you watch Dairy Girls? So I just started Dairy Girls
1: because I needed so more. Good. So, and it's really She's good.
0: So good. I know I'm going to love Eloise because people keep saying she is like Elizabeth Bennett from Jane Austen.
1: I love The Sun. Did you see The Sun uh, spoiler that there's. All of a sudden, eight seasons. I'm sure that's fake news. Nothing's been confirmed. I did, but, and I was like, "But I, I'm no here for it."
0: Way that that's real. There's no way. Yeah. But I did see that Bridgerton is really taking over the internet. It's taking it by storm. I saw a news story that said there's a spike in searches for period pieces, such as elbow length gloves, corsets, and headpieces. So I thought, "Whoa, interesting." Our fashion could take a very different turn after Please, all these let's sweatpants. Please not bring back the corsets. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that to us.
1: Oh my
2: god. And now it's time for the Weekly Royal Cocktail.
0: All right, well, this week we are sipping, I'm sipping tea in honor of Bridgerton, because all I want to do is immerse myself in that world. I, I, you I, you're
1: so much more elegant. I have a, a Schweppes ginger ale.
0: <laughs> but okay, so I really kind of like I'm drinking sweet tea out of a styrofoam cup. <laughs> but hey, it's tea. Yeah, next week we'll I'm bring back the
1: cocktail. We got to get back on track. But we are fruit. still
0: just easing into the new year. It's been a lot. It's been intense. But uh, yeah. <laughs> And as we're sipping a follow-up thread that was in the Facebook group and is tied to Kate's birthday, as we mentioned last week on Royally Obsessed, we chatted on the pod about what we would give Kate for the big 3-9, which was Saturday of last week, and Roro's weighed in. There are some really, really good gift ideas from you guys. Someone said a puppy, which is so, so sweet, but I think, you know, it's it feels so soon after – Lupo's passing, which makes me sad. Yeah. I feel like that there is that kind of grieving time after losing a pet, yeah, um, or a dog. I know, like for my family, we've always waited a couple, like a year or two. Um, but who knows? Maybe they are ready for a new one, and and I hope that we see a new Cambridge, um, you know, pet soon. Another person said, one week alone with William and no press, which I'm sure would be a treat oh, for a them. Dream,
1: right? I was thinking how much they must miss mystique right now. I mean, I feel oh, like they would gosh. have definitely been there a few times this year, and it seems like that's their real getaway where they are protected from the media.
0: Don't we all miss – vacations. I feel like where where do you want to go first? Where are you going Rachel? when this is yeah. over? That's where- that's like my nighttime fantasy. I lie in bed. I'm like, oh. No, same. Every dream I've had for the past like few weeks has been about <laughs> going to a different country. <laughs> What what is your what is your number one pick? So I feel like I want to. So the UK is
1: definitely on my list, but I I've been discussing sort of a hopping around to different small towns. I feel like in France and in in uh, Britain. I feel like that That in England. That's sort of my goal. Um, But I'd like to take a month long break. Is that cool? How about you?
0: We would have to pre record a lot of episodes yeah, we would, to do it. We, we, we could do it. We could do it. Yeah. Or we could record from, you know, some I could rec- beach in Mexico, record from London. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think for me, a warm beach and a cocktail in my hand and just like nobody around would be really nice. Um, There's this beautiful hotel that I've seen online. It's called The Cape in Mexico. I've never been to Mexico. So I'm really craving that just like total lounging on a beach chair. Yeah. So Mystique definitely would be on my list. Um, Someone else in the Facebook group said a plant for her garden or maybe a tree, which is a great idea. And then someone else said drawing pencils, which I had no idea, but she drew the program for Pippa's wedding. Did you know this? Yeah, I
1: had to go back and kind of look into it, and it's it it says that it was even mentioned in the service that she did that. I was totally you know, but it was a subtle way for her to participate in her sister's wedding. And apparently, you know, I th- we've heard Kate talk about drawing and her art skills in comparison to William. So it's it's
0: interesting. I didn't I missed that detail. About yeah, she, she drew the the church. I think so that was on the front of Pippa's wedding program when she married James Matthews. And um, as you know, patron of the National Portrait Gallery, I feel like that's very fitting. And she's very artistic. We know behind the camera and with with uh, drawing pencils. So yeah, that, those that. are all great ideas.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Row Rows, we are officially kicking off a new weekly segment, which is Roberta and my Royal Find of the Week. So this could really be anything, anything Royal related. Send us anything that you come across because we'd love to hear it. But we have one that is brilliant for this week. Um, has anyone, have you seen this sheet mask on Etsy?
0: We keep bringing back the sheet mask. I'm, I'm sorry in advance, but it's too I good. I love the sheet mask. And at first I did think it was by Warm and Wonderful or Rowing Blazers, but it's not. It's actually someone else, right? It's, it's yeah, someone else. It's an international company. From Spain. Yeah. Yeah. And same design as the sweater. So it has, it's red with the white sheep on the background and then one black sheep. And so now, <laughs> Rachel, you can match your mask I to your I know. Sweater. I was kind of like, I was all set to order it. And I
1: feel like this has been the struggle with like some of the Amaya masks is that the shipping is almost as much as the product. It's nine bucks to ship it to the US because it is made in Spain uh, and it's about $16. But man, how good would that look with my sweater? So good. So, so. <laughs> I,
0: and I feel like that's nice if you didn't like me, shell out. Out a couple hundred dollars or more for the sheep sweater for rowing blazers. I feel like that's a way to kind of have None that to same it. pattern. None yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah,
1: and even it's so great because uh, you know the the original creators uh, Joanna and Sally even nodded to it. They posted it on their Instagram and said, "Not ours." That's but, right. But you could say it is ours. <laughs> the face mask. So they definitely are not associated. But I do think that's really fun.
0: Yeah, they they approve. They ha- it has their stamp of approval, which I think is a big deal. And yeah, so if you Row Rose, think of anything that we should include in our royal find of the week. We want to try this new segment going forward. So just let us know if you see anything that comes across. We, I mean, I think one of the things, too, is because with Christmas gifts and holiday gifts, there is so much royal stuff that is so fun. And I think to talk about it each week, even if it's not, the holidays is delightful. And so we're going to continue to do that. Totally, totally. Well, so kicking off this week's episode, This Week in Royal History. And now,
2: This Week in Royal History.
1: We're flashing back to when Meghan and Harry announced their royal exit. It was actually January 8th. So we're kind of skirting like this week and last week, um, this time around when they, I can't believe it was a year ago that the Sussexes announced they'd be stepping back from their role as senior royals. It was less than two years after their wedding and less than a year after the arrival of Archie and really blindsided us all. I remember kind of is it is it a, intense to say i felt like the wind was knocked out of me i was like what just no, happened no i think it was i, mean, I think it blindsided
0: them too a little bit at the time they didn't re- they didn't think they would have to release this at the time that they did it was it was almost like they were rushed into announcing it
1: yeah they really were with the leak in the tabloids and the sun uh and publications especially in the uk compared it to the 1936 abdication crisis Others, especially in the us called it a fairy tale ending fitting to what you know sort of their Destiny was, what their goals were. I remember I wrote a piece for Pure Wow that, you know, just kind of talked about that. I felt like it was very Diana-esque their move. You know, I feel like Diana, there was a lot of claims over the years that have come out that she really wanted to leave the UK. So I feel like it, you know, for me, it mirrored that. It felt good. And I think. Also, you know, some of my favorite pieces really spoke to the overt racism that Megan experienced in particular, you know, the subtlety in the headlines that compared Kate to Megan, you know, just kind of the difference in how they covered her and then not so subtle headlines that the one that said straight out of Compton. So I feel like, you know, it was there was so much that came to light during that time, but just one year ago. So
0: I feel like, you know, you said it took the wind out of you. And I do feel like I was surprised at the moment, but then really processing it, it's like, seems so obvious that that would be their choice because of, of Megan's treatment in the press and, and just all of the things that culminated and led up to this big announcement. It was it was almost like it shouldn't have come as a shock to any of us because of how terrible the UK tabloids were mm-hmm. really kind of hounding and treating them. And um, I think, to that ITV documentary that came out in October from their – trip to Africa and, you know, the interview with Tom Bradby and how they really weren't okay. And all of that just kind of left a terrible taste in your mouth. Like, what's going on behind the scenes? That was really the first time I yeah. felt like we pulled the curtain back from all of it. It and felt so, so fractured. Yeah. It did. And so I think that this was just only the natural next step. Um, But just so what? Weren't we weren't we together? We were together. We were still in an office.
1: Oh, my gosh. Can you remember those days? But
0: weren't we also oh, yes. at- we at, were, the we at the Plaza Hotel. That's I was like, <laughs> wait, that's not our office. We don't You're work totally from the right. Office. Oh yeah, my gosh! And we you
1: were, were like, at, right? You were like filing. We were filing details. I was to, in the car in the cab. I ride. was also.
0: This is so TMI, and I probably shouldn't share this. <laughs> I was also profusely <laughs> sweating. You were? Do you we remember? Because you were really I stressed. Out. You. I was so stressed, and I don't know why my body's reaction was to sweat profusely, and I was so. I don't know why I was like freaking out because this I was can't like, believe
1: I blocked that we were together and in this moment. You you're right. And we, were,
0: and we were at the Plaza Hotel together. We were having tea, which like this is – And a touch this, of champagne. That stuff. might have been the sweating. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I was also wearing a really thick sweater and it was really warm in there. And I was like, what is going on? But I do feel like this – Came as such a shock to us at first, and we were not at the office, which is why I think I was really stressed because we needed to rush back and kind of encapsulate, like, right, there was a, write a lot shortage. of stories and say, like, yeah. So it was, it was like really stressful. And also, I want to know Rachel and I don't normally hang out at the Plaza Hotel during our work day, it was, it was a special for, occasion, yeah, yeah. It was a special meeting with a friend, but yeah, so that so was just crazy. I know. Oh, my gosh. But do you,
1: my question for you just as we're discussing this is do you feel like the outcome, you know, it's a year later, has been positive or negative, but not just for the Sussexes, but also for the royal family? Because they've also had to carve their own path in this new sort of hairy less time. Yeah, that Harry-less. sounds weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Without yeah, Yeah, I, I do think that they've done a really good job of that. I think almost in a way – This is going to sound weird, but I think like lockdown has made it a little bit easier because we've actually been able to see a lot more of them. And there hasn't been that weird kind of, you know, question in the media of whether the Cambridges would go visit the Sussexes or not. Like none of us are allowed to travel. And so it feels like that was taken off the table, which in a way was good because I think that would have caused a lot of controversy about the relationship. Um I don't know. What do you think? What well yeah, I-, I totally agree with you. I feel like we didn't we weren't as subjected to the the loss of
1: them in all the royal family occasions and things like that because of COVID. And I think mm-hmm. it also seemed to expedite their, you know, William and Harry mending fences sooner because of Charles's diagnosis, William's diagnosis with COVID. I think that it seems from what we understand that they have done some repair work on their relationship, but all of that has taken played out behind the scenes,
0: thanks exactly. to COVID. And so they've exactly. had this year
1: reprieve. Yeah.
0: Anyways, yeah, a year ago, hard to believe. Speaking of COVID, our first news bullet: the Queen got her vaccination this weekend. So the details first: the Queen, who is 94, and Prince Philip, who is 99 got the jab last week. It was announced on Saturday and it was administered by a household doctor at Windsor Castle. They'll get their second shot in three to four weeks and no company was named in the vaccine, I think purposefully. Just yeah, to I like kind that. Of, yeah, to keep people, you know, thinking that there wasn't a, one was better than the other. I think I mean, a yeah. lot of people would assume the queen would get the best one. So well, yeah, wouldn't you also, if you heard the name, you'd oh you'd be like, I want the one the queen got. <laughs> right. If they were like, it's Moderna, I'd be like, I'll have the Moderna one, yes. please. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's interesting because they previously said they wouldn't make this news public when the queen got the vaccine, but they wanted to release this news because they wanted to prevent speculation or inaccuracies. I think similar to how, you know, President-elect Biden has gotten his vaccine on camera. Um, same with Kamala Harris. I think, you know, it does encourage people to say, oh, like I can, you know, the queen has gotten it. She's 94. Phillips 99. Uh, I think, you know, it's OK. But what do you think? Is there why why the change of heart?
1: I think exactly that. Just a moment of leadership and sort of representing this is the right move, that it's safe. It's, you know, Been vetted and it's trusting in the science of it all. I feel like also I've you know we typically have learned about updates about the queen's health after the fact. I feel like this was more you know up to the minute. But I I I love that they did this and announced it publicly.
0: Yeah, same. And it's it's exciting too because the reports are all saying she's keen to resume official duties as soon as the government guidelines allow her to safely do so, especially trooping the colour, which is in June, and that might be the first big one that we see her at. We. Obviously, told you guys that the garden parties are canceled for this year. I think that's mainly because there's thirty thousand people yeah, normally in attendance, and they're just too too big. Distance, yeah, and you know, obviously, some of those people might not have gotten the vaccine or however it is. So, uh, but she reportedly doesn't really want to make a big deal out of her upcoming birthday in april I should, upcoming that feels like so far away with how long these last two weeks have been yeah. but she turns 95 in april and and she instead wants to make philip's birthday kind of the center of attention he turns 100 on june 10th which is wild so there's going to be a big celebration whether he's happy about that We're not sure. I would think not because he hates celebrating himself. Yeah. Yeah, He's not big into uh, his own birthday. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if Harry and Meghan return soon for an extended period. Vanity Fair reported that they would be back for all of June and all of July, it sounds like, an extended trip that would include Trooping the Color, the Diana statue unveiling, which is in July, Harry's grandparents' milestone birthdays. There's so, I can't so, imagine so they'd much. want to miss
1: those, especially Philip turning 100. Yeah, I exactly. think they'd want to be there if they can. But yeah, what a milestone. This is huge.
0: And next up, Charles and Camilla. I feel like we Do we know when might, they're going to get it? Or I'm sure I, soon. Yeah. I'm not sure. So my parents are both over 65 and they're getting it this week, which <gasps> I am very for thankful Britta. for. I know. So I feel like that's a huge weight off my shoulders. And so I can't even imagine how Harry feels with his grandmother getting it um, and getting that news. So Yeah. A momentous <sighs> yeah. week for sure. I I yes. thought that was a great way to end
1: last week. Definitely. So moving on, a little bit more details about how Kate celebrated turning 39. Uh, William and the kids apparently threw her a tea party at Ann Hall, which I thought was very perfectly low-key, delightful, and you know on par with what everyone's kind of going through with lockdown. You can't do a lot more right now.
0: Exactly. Sure, there yeah. were lots of Zoom
1: calls. Apparently, this fun detail is that William is actually a pro at making tea. Did you know this? <laughs> he's the one that's like the first to offer a pod, and he's really skilled at it. I think that has to be a, a like a royal family skill, right?
0: Like the Windsor family trait is how (laughs) to make tea. I actually really love that. That's really sweet. It's like a credential, yeah. (laughs) I also think that it probably sounds low-key to us, but it, it probably was not. Like because of party pieces, I imagine the decor for her birthday is amazing. And I would think that sidebar, I've been, I've been saving a lot of links from Party
1: Pieces for my son's <laughs> upcoming birthday because they they're. When stuff is his birthday? It's um early February, and I just I know he's turning three, up. and oh their Party Pieces has such unique different things. It's very hard, so I, I have to see what the shipping adds up to. That's always my my downfall. But anyways, that was a quick sidebar. But you're I right. Love it though. I'm sure that Kate was shopping Party Pieces, or not shopping, but going with whatever her mom yeah, suggested. She's not buying anything. She's not buying
0: anything. <laughs> the family discount is heavy for that one, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that they probably did have a, a good time. And it, and it was probably beautifully decorated knowing, yeah. knowing that.
1: And of course, we had the usual fanfare of everyone sharing sort of a happy birthday message, the Queen, Charles and Camilla. And then the Cambridges posted their own, which I thought was you know very different from previous years where she said, uh, they, they posted, thank you for your kind wishes on the Duchess's birthday. Birthdays have been very different in recent months. And our thoughts continue to be with all those working hard on the front lines during this challenging time. And the pick was Kate in a mask. And I thought that was kind of significant because it commemorates the occasion, but it's not ostentatious. It's a reminder of the times. It just felt really appropriate with everything going on that it wasn't, you know, I don't know. It just it felt like a perfect fit for the times that they're everyone's going through.
0: Definitely. The only people that didn't, obviously, on social media were the Sussexes. And I think, you know, that's because they're kind of Leaving social media for good, it seems like. It's what well, the reports have said.
1: I did see some people. So I think that there's a lot of kind of scuttlebutt about that, that they are, because Archwell launched without any social media presence. I don't think that they've definitively said forever that they're leaving social media. But it seems like for right now, and especially based on that Fortune interview, that they're taking a break. I think that we can for sure say that, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I, I find it hard to imagine them not having that channel of communication. It just seems like the easiest route to access so many people and to, you know, I don't know. It just – it would be so weird to not have them on social media, I think, for for times when they don't want to post a website update. I don't know, I know. just or or release an entire podcast episode. That would that would feel really Yeah, it's definitely
1: a little bit of a doesn't like like a big lift. It's not as heavy, you know, doesn't require as many people or people yeah, touching it. I'm sure it. privately though they probably wished her a happy birthday. And yeah.
0: And the news that the Cambridges might go visit California. Yeah. So I mean take this <laughs> with a from us all. But this this did break last week and I thought this was interesting
1: that there is potentially a, a Cambridge trip in the works to Montecito for by the end of 2021 that they want to visit the Sussexes on their home turf again there's no confirmation from the palace on this but I would be so overjoyed and I think it would prove how much the the boys have worked to kind of mend their relationship if that happened but it sounds like regardless we'll see them together next this year keep on saying next year it
0: is and I don't think it's been I feel like so long since the Cambridges have been to the U.S., yeah. so I, I do think They're that that would be due for a U.S. tour. I know we have to go. Yeah. We absolutely have to record from (laughs) California (laughs) if they show up. Oh my gosh, yeah. And now we are so excited to welcome Brian Kozlowski to the pod. He's the author of Long Live the Queen, 23 Rules for Living from Britain's Longest Reigning Monarch. In the book, he discusses Queen Elizabeth's remarkable longevity and the unique lifestyle routines and habits that have kept Her Majesty so resilient over the decades. As we enter this new year and are mindful of health, wellness resolutions we thought what better time than now to discuss how the queen has managed to stay so sharp and healthy at 94 pretty incredible She turns 95 this year we cannot wait to know brian welcome to the pod
2: thank you so much for having me this is a, this is an honor and pleasure
0: we are thrilled so first things first where are you chatting us from and how are you holding up during the pandemic
2: I'm very well. Thank you. Um, I am coming from uh, South Florida. So it's I actually don't need the sweater on. But you know, I thought it looked (laughs) a little wintry.
0: (laughs) It's actually pretty cold. I'm in Florida, too. And we have a cold front right now. (laughs) Yes, I am in North Florida. So we are like high 40s, low 50s here, actually. Right, yeah, funny. we d-
2: we dished just and had that cold snap. It was lovely. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm okay. I'm also
0: wearing a sweater. <laughs> but I love your background. You have a um, a Union Jack flag behind you.
2: <laughs> I do. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, it looks so great. Well, we are curious first, before we dive into everything, how did you come to be royally obsessed? I loved the part of your book, just kind of uh, without giving anything away, but your description of kind of Kate's wedding, but also the crown being a turning point. And then I also want to ask you about this I'm not going to say it right, but Kagathia, How do I say that? That sort of yeah, term? Yeah, no, you
2: got it right. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, okay. It. It's yeah. a Greek term.
1: Is that correct?
2: It is. And, and I think it, I mean, there's a whole bunch of questions there, but I think I'll just, I'll yeah, just answer I just, that first. Yeah. I just <laughs> strung them
1: all together. Yeah. Feel free to just no. start with the first, how you became really obsessed.
2: It's been a very gradual thing for me, and um, I had just written um, this book that explored uh, Jane Austen's wellness secrets, kind of the hidden health lessons that we can glean from from her life and her novels. And so I was very much in this um, lifestyle kind of health mindset, and I realized that, and um, kind of by sheer bafflement, really that, and um, here we have in the Queen, um, really the most famous senior in the world um, arguably the most famous woman in the world who has aged phenomenally well um, despite so many different burdens and and troubles you know on her on a daily basis um, and yet there's never been a project that has looked at kind of in a serious way um, how she has done that um, so that's really what has made me upset about the rules over the past two years um it, it's something that um, i'm kind of i'm really kind of a newbie more, more to this and kind of coming it from kind of more from an outside lifestyle perspective um, which is kind of I think helped me a little bit more remained um, somewhat unbiased on, on some of these things but um, yeah so that's what I kind of attempted to do um, probably big emphasis on attempt um, because it might be slightly crazy and hubristic to think that you can condense anybody's life into kind of a set of handy rules but when I started really digging into the queen's life um, that That's really what I found, um, that there are very solid patterns and behaviors and habits and ways of thinking that, you know, she has embraced over her entire lifetime. These aren't things that she just um, picked up willy nilly, like in her 90s. These are things that you can trace right back to her childhood. Um, And, um, you know, these 23 rules, I'm sure I'm sure others could could come up with many more uh, other royal watchers, uh, older than and wiser than me, but um, these were the ones, you know, in retrospect, that I think I needed to to hear and to listen to and to glean from. Um, um, and they have worked wonders just in, in giving me more balance, more sanity um, in, in my life and my kind of health and wellness picture.
1: Yeah, I felt like as I was reading it, too, there was a lot that it did feel like like they were very clear rules, but it also felt easily adaptable. It's, it's perfect timing for around this time of year where you're really trying to set new intentions and think about the longevity of her life and the things that she's done. So um, I'm curious, how did you research the book? What sort of how did you work on it and gather all the intel?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think right from the start, I knew that I didn't want it to be like, you know, shocking new, shocking new things we know about the queen, you know, and, and <laughs> I, I found it that I just wanted to take the data that was already there. And there is of course, mountains of data that's already there and to find those patterns. Um, And honestly, when I first started off, I I really wasn't sure um, what, if anything, I was going to find and if anything would kind of check out from a scientific research angle um, in terms of are these rules actually worth following for the rest of us? Um, And so um, I just started from um, a whole bunch of biographies um, from people who've spent, um, you know, most of their lives with the queen um, and and to see what they have to say and to find those patterns. eventually it was, it was quite easy to find those patterns. I was a little scared initially, but, um, they kind of, the book kind of wrote itself in that way. Um, and, um, it's, it's very, you know, I I loved it. The fact that I did end up with 23 because, um, that's kind of, and, and, and like royal history, that's a little bit of a special date. April 23rd, um, 2019 was when the queen um, became the longest living monarch um, wow. in the world. Wow. Um, and so that's, I was, I was kind of pleasantly surprised how that came to be, but it definitely wasn't it wasn't intentional at all.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I love that. And just for our listeners who aren't familiar, so the book is divided into 23 chapters, each one with an associated rule that kind of is how the queen has lived her life and um I love that you divide it into eat and play and work and love so all these different kind of subsections But yeah, you could that. kind of like cherry pick a chapter if you're like a reader and you're going through it you could be like you know what I
1: feel like I want to improve this section of my life today I loved the organization of it
2: yeah yeah and it, and and it's You know, unlike I guess a a true biography, though there's though I think you do get a good sense of who the Queen is and and her and her life's history from the book. It is definitely not chronological. So you could you can hop around to really anything that you fancy first.
0: I love that. That's great. And we need to mention, because you did bring up the Jane Austen diet, uh, so Bridgerton, (laughs) have you watched? I haven't.
2: Okay. I, I, I <laughs> No, because I, I'm a I'm I'm a complete prude, I guess. And I, I heard that it was incredibly smutty. And it is it's and very sexy.
1: Like, <laughs> there needs to be a warning. It's very sexy, but you could get through the first few episodes where before it like. But no, we were curious just because you did write the Jane Austen diet, and I feel like that kind of Regency era of life and everything. But you have to watch us watch it and report back.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> as long as you, if I can, like, start. Okay, that's good to know. I didn't know that the first couple two are, are are relatively innocent so that's good
0: yeah. relatively pg you dip your it toe does, in yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pg-13 actually there there's okay. still some there's scenes. still some sexy scenes yeah all right well we want to jump back to the book so take us through a day in the life of the queen what is she doing to stay in such good shape i feel like everyone wants to know that she's almost 95 years old this year what does she do yeah, what are her secrets?
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Well, where do you want? Which rule do you want to start? I know on? this right? is
0: such a big question. We're if putting you it, on it down you too. to narrow it down because we couldn't pick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Initially, I think one of the first things that is is most obvious um, about her daily routine, um, and it's very intimately entwined with um, her source of willpower and her self-control, which of course she has superhuman quantities of. Um, but it's not necessarily just because that's how she was born even though you know you can trace her very strong self-control back to back to her girlhood um it is coming from a very different and unique place um so where where i think it's coming from is that she really understands willpower itself and and what it is and how it operates um we often you know I know I'm guilty of this. I often used to think of willpower as something kind of like a like an airy virtue. You either have or you don't, or it comes and goes at weird moments in your life. Um, that's actually not the case. Um, Researchers who have studied willpower kind of in action know it to be a little bit more predictable and prosaic than that, in that um, willpower kind of, acts like a muscle in your arm or uh, like the battery on your cell phone. It's something that gets used up and depleted every day and it needs to be recharged. And one of the best ways to recharge it is to do something that feels indulgent to you, that you don't need to exert willpower over. So, you know, what do you see the queen doing every single day at five o'clock? She um, puts aside her work for a quiet hour, you know, whatever she's doing, she puts that all aside and uh, she, indulges in her favorite meal, which is tea time. And um, I know this can sign cutesy and frou-frou, but there's something really important going on here. Um, and that so, you know, the queen brews her own tea at this time, a little tray comes in um, with some sandwiches, um, maybe perhaps a cake, some scones, um, and she, she indulges for that time. Um, this is a in- huge lesson for us to remember. Um, I know this has had really huge impacts on my life. Um, it is find out what it is that feels indulgent to you that feels like a luxury to you um, um and and you know it doesn't it doesn't have to be tea that's just one i i i've kind of emulated her 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 tea time habit kind of to a tea now but um <laughs> um it doesn't it doesn't need to be that and it could be anything that feels special and like a treat to you um, you really need everybody really needs a moment like that every day, you know, whether it's an hour, 30 minutes or 20 minutes where you can recharge your willpower batteries like that.
1: And, and it seems and, like something you need to ritualize, right? It really, in the sense it, exactly. so it needs to be like low enough, like not in unattainable enough that you can't make it happen every day.
2: Exactly. And it, right. It needs to feel like you really want to look forward to this. Um, um, right, and right. And attainable. I mean, I, you know, I, I try to get out my my fancy china and it does take (laughs) a little bit it takes a little bit more work but um you there there is a, a very much of a um taking care of you pampering moment and um and it's okay to be selfish for that little bit of time every day um i mean the queen guards this time every day very very especially and so if she's i know this year, this past year, 2020 was a little different for her. But um, you know, every other time if she's out and about in London, she will make sure that her um, event, that event, wraps up by 4:30, so she can zip back to the palace for tea. It's it's wow. sort of non-negotiable for her, and she's yeah. really not that interested in food, um, really, uh, in any other meal. She has a lot of self-control every other meal, but when it comes to tea, um, she kind of does let loose, and it's important that she does. Um, so yeah, yeah, just just. Try to emulate at least the, the spirit of that rule as much as you can. It will it has huge impacts, not just about you resisting food temptations throughout your day. but um you know, I found it personally it, it helped me boost self-control just in terms of my work ethic, um my um, relationships dealing with people. I was a little less and. Um, I was a little more um, sympathetic, a little less sharp, you know, with people. Um, you just you find your you find you're more just able to handle things a little bit better when you take a little bit of time to to recharge in that way. Yeah, I think that's
0: great advice. I'd love to have a daily
2: high tea with, yes. with myself. I think that sounds lovely. <laughs> 2021 goals. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I literally like I might have a biscuit. Like, what? It's, not, <laughs> yeah. it's really not that fancy, but it's something, right? It's, yeah,
0: it's I'm, something for yourself. I like. It's that. all about your mindset. I think. Yeah, <laughs> as fancy as you you. Know, want to be. Well, I think another thing that was interesting too is that the queen is, you know, one of the things you pointed out is her exercise routine is very much about walking. She walks a lot. We know she's still riding horses at 94, which is incredible, but. One of the things I thought that was so interesting is she's not, you know, doing these like rigorous and inten- high intensity exercises. A lot of um, her exercise is just walking, which I feel like a lot of us in lockdown and during quarantine in 2020 have kind of adopted, too. Um, could you talk to us a little about that?
2: Yeah, um, this is it was hugely important for for me to to get this lesson from the queen. Um, a lot of people need to hear this, that. And. Um, we tend to view exercise today as something that sweaty, uncomfortable kind of obligation that we have to do. Um, the queen has never looked at it like that. She definitely has retained that very childlike sense of viewing exercise um, intermingled with play, intermingled with pleasure, um, just exercise and activity, that's fine for her. You know, she's, she's, not, she's never pushed her body to kind of an agonizing, um, sweaty threshold. Um, and you know, Prince Philip has has completely a different, a different viewpoint on this. He does see exercise much more rigorously, but right. it's interesting. There's this one story of him um, coming back really sweaty from a vigorous jog, and he would just like layer on <laughs> the sweaters and um, so he could sweat as much, and he would just, you know, oh, wow. he he was collapsing on the floor in front of her. Um, and she just looked at him and chuckled and thought he was just <laughs> the craziest person. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, you read any biography of the Queen and, and a word that comes up again and again is that she only does what what, what has been called sensible exercise. And like you said, um, sensible means, doesn't often mean more than just going for a quiet walk, a nice walk with her corgis. Um, now, you know, if she's in Balmoral or Sandringham, kind of depending on the terrain or the country sport that she's pursuing at the moment, that could be a little bit more vigorous, but it's nothing that you would go, aha, that's like the queen working out, you know? Well, Um, I love
0: how you defined it as you, you would be able to still hold a conversation. If you're exercising and you can still talk through it, then that's a sensible exercise, which I was like, okay, I can do that. If I'm not out of breath enough to where, you know, I'm, I'm not able to even talk to someone, then I'm still exercising, but you know at a sensible level of the, right. like the queen. Yeah, way.
2: yeah. You know, uh, researchers call it it's called the ventilation threshold, where if people push themselves beyond that point, that's when exercise becomes unenjoyable. And it's interesting because, you know, look how many gym memberships elapse after the first year. Look how many, Guilty. I know, <laughs> right. yeah, same. Yeah, look how many like exercise routines that either I or anybody out there has kind of tried. To, to stick with, but they kind of her out after the first three weeks. You know, it's really not our fault. Our bodies are just really good at avoiding pain whenever possible. And that extends to the pain of exercising. And um, it's, it's, it's very crucial that we look at the queen's life in, in this way because it's, you know, it might seem light and just like, oh, cutesy, she's just walking or horseback riding. But because she has kept it light and pleasurable, she has sustained those activities Weekend, month out, year out, you know, throughout her lifetime. And, um, it's few of us can say we've stuck with some sort of exercise routine for that long. Um, so, you know, it's, 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 it's very important to remember. And it's important to remember that this is scientifically also completely okay. Um, scientists have known for a really long time that, um, you don't have to cram in your exercise to a certain hour every day or certain, you know, three times a week or whatever you think you should be doing to stay healthy. You can divide that over, um, your entire day and just really easy, low intensity, um, movements movement really is the key.
1: Yeah. That's so smart. I also really like with the walking that Charles and Camilla definitely have adopted that habit and really are, you know, pretty religious about their walking activities too.
2: Right, I noticed they're like Christmas cards. They're walking sticks, right?
1: (laughs) It kind of made me want them, right? You, I want a walking stick. I (laughs) I want
2: to walk into the new year. yeah. Yeah, 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 right,
1: exactly. We're also curious, just in general, what are the quirkiest things that you came across in your research? I feel like for me, the Windsor facelift is something that I want to adopt, which is yeah, the Hermes that, scarf. The, Can you tell yeah. us about that? Yeah. What is the <laughs>
2: Windsor facelift? I loved that. <laughs> the Windsor, no, I, I I put it on the book to 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 emphasize the fact that she she has never, you know, of course, or undergone any kind of sort of plastic surgery, except the Windsor facelift, which is just the uh, when you tie a Hermes scarf tightly around your uh, your jowls you know so it kind of (laughs) holds everything together. more elegant
1: and flattering too i love that it's such an easy hack we can all do that (laughs) genius it is
2: yeah but probably the quirkiest thing in that line was um and a very very good thing to remember as we all get older now and is 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 remembering that and one of the queen's beauty secrets you know it's not her uh, expensive beauty regimen that's pretty that's pretty um simple every day um it's the fact that she has one avoided the sun, and we pretty much all know the reasons why and the you know the the benefits of doing that. But also, um, she has gained a little bit more weight as she has gotten older, and you know this is not. This is not like a total perk out, of course. I mean, it's it's very it's not that noticeable, really. She's still the same petite size size she's always been, but um, just enough weight to kind of round out to soften her natural features. And um, in so doing, she's very cleverly avoided that kind of gaunt, sunken in look that we often associate with getting older and, and kind of that sickly elderly look, you know, that we, we, we want to avoid. And a lot of people go through plastic surgery to get to, to, to circumvent that look, but, um, you really can circumvent it naturally by just as you get older, as you get, you know, into your seventies, eighties it's actually not only does it look rather nice, it's actually now medically advisable to either maintain your weight or, or to actually gain a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. The BMI curve, everyone's BMI curve actually shifts to the right as you get older. So um, you actually want a little buffer weight as you get older. And it does actually look kind of nice and, and healthy.
1: Yeah. And I just also really liked the mention of her commitment to SPF. And in contrast to Philip, Yes, yes,
2: yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. He would often, you know, joke with her when they were younger, and he would try to call out and have her come in, you know, be out in the sun more, especially if they're on tour, some kind of tropical country. And she would always say no, and and he would shout out, "Oh, you're you're a premature grandmother!" Blah <laughs> blah blah, you know. Um, but uh, it, it's funny. You put those two pictures of them both back to back now and and you'll see who won that argument it's pretty pretty clear to see um who has aged better um yeah and and also you know too with the the losing weight thing philip has definitely lost weight um as he has gotten older and kind of stubbornly um tried to maintain his thinness and it doesn't actually look that great (laughs) when you get older Um, you 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 do want to um, avoid the sign, but actually, yeah, I do gain a little weight.
0: And what, what are some other, you know, quirky details like those that you found out with your research? Are there any that stand out to you right now or that, you know, that our readers would be shocked? By? One of the things I was shocked by was how she eats a banana, which I thought was kind of controversial. <laughs> <laughs> that she cuts off both ends and then slices it down the middle and then cut. I just was like, whoa, that's weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because um, we don't often think – and this is just – one little part of the book, of course, I don't really launch into this too often, but um, we don't often think of etiquette as having any sort of bearing on our um our physical health at all. Um, but that, you, when you look at the queen and how the queen eats, um, you can see the impacts etiquette has had um, in that it's interesting, the kind of the the baseline reason that even table manners were adopted was to kind of to fulfill two things to make people either take smaller b- mouthfuls of what they're eating or to um, have them slow down pretty much all the rules of etiquette kind of act like prandial speed bumps in that way um, to get us to slow down to be more mindful eaters and the queen is an incredibly mindful eater because she adheres to these these ways of etiquette so you mentioned a banana there's also you know the bread roll thing um how does the queen attack a, a bread roll she would never slice it open kind of slather it with butter and then start munching her way through um kind of etiquette demands that she slow down the process so she takes just the tiniest morsel off she will butter that individual piece and then pop it into her mouth um, and and then repeat the process so very very much restraint
0: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
2: but it's it's it, and, and everyone, I mean, if anybody, everybody eat that way, we would all be eating a lot slower. Um, we would have to, um, mm-hmm. and yes, yeah, so the banana, she, she does the same thing with a banana, pretty much every, everything she eats. She, she's abiding by these two rules. Um, so the banana thing, which she's, she often says she would never eat uh, a banana like a monkey does. So she would never <laughs> peel it and just, you know, eat it like that. Um, she takes, she attacks it with a knife and fork and she puts it on a plate Slices it down the middle, um, slices the flesh into individual rounds and then eats each in you know separately. So
0: I have a lot to learn from the queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all this do is, clearly. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. Um but you know, even the way she holds a knife and fork, I mean, hold, you know, differently obviously than than we've been taught here in America to hold it. But even then, that is trying to get you. It's trying to make eating a little bit more difficult to get at. So, you know, when you hold the tines of your fork, when they're facing down, not like a spoon, um, you have it's a bit of a struggle to make sure all that food, you know, stays on the fork. So you have to you have to put a little bit less on. And so, yeah, it's all that's kind of working together to try to make people more mindful eaters.
1: Totally. And just because I want to squeeze in one more question about just the Marmite theory that you mentioned in the book, I really think, you know, part of the queen's secret to longevity as well seems like her her mental resolve, her sort of Mm. ability to evolve through, I mean, decades of leadership and service in her role in the monarchy. Can you talk Mm. about the Marmite theory and what it actually is and how it applies to the queen?
2: Right. So um, several years ago, one of her uh, private secretaries came up with that term, the Marmite theory, which is... um, Something that Elizabeth learned when she was 13 and she started studying constitutional history at Eden College, Um, her greatest lesson there was that, um, listen, every king or queen that has been good in England has been good for one reason, and that's because they are um, adaptable and they evolve with the times. And if you resist change and you will live to regret it. And sometimes, um, literally sometimes, you know, there have been beheadings because, because certain Kings have resisted it. Um, so, um, yeah, so the queen has always known that change is inevitable. And so it doesn't stress her out. Like it might stress the rest of us out. Um, she's, she's always anticipating it, but, um, she changes in a very calm, sane way. Um, and this is, again such a lesson that we can all learn from it. Um especially all the changes that we've had to make. I mean that she changes, but also doesn't throw tradition out with the bathwater while she's changing or nostalgia or everything that we love about the monarchy. And this is where the Marmite theory comes in. Um, so Marmite, as most people realize is that salty, you know, yeast spread that, um, those jars, they look pretty old fashioned for most people. They look like they haven't changed since the days of their grandmother. Um, (laughs) but it's actually just been a very clever marketing strategy and that the jars have undergone substantial change. um, But those changes have been very slow. um, And they've never sacrificed the nostalgia that people like for in those jars. And so um, the Queen understands that the monarchy has to change in the same way to stay Um, to stay alive, to stay stay relevant. And that, you know, a huge part of what we love about her is, and we love about the monarchy, is that she is such a symbol of stability and continuity and changelessness, really.
1: Yeah, we've really leaned on that during the pandemic so so much. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. And yet we don't want her to be kind of pickled in aspect either. So, um, you know, so she's learned how to, bless her heart, I don't know how she does it so well, but you learned how to incorporate those things really well to keep that nostalgia and that permanence that we really yearn for and that really no other institution on the planet gives us um but also keep abreast of the changing times. Um, she, she's so she's oh, perfect at that.
0: Gosh, Perfect example too of her doing that is I think her on zoom this year or last year, 2020, mm. her being on zoom meetings, just like us she's and really adapted. You know, yeah. The social yeah. media aspect of all of it too.
2: And if I could just say one thing, I think there's another secret to why she adapts so well. Um, and, you know, especially, in her older years, she's had to face really um, staggering amounts of change—political, um, social, cultural change—and um, one one of her bishops kind of recently posed that question to her and, and asked her, "You know, how do you?" you know, so often face new circumstances, new, new, new changes in life, um, changes that, you know, either put you out of your comfort zone or, are just dull. And she had the most brilliant, um, reply to him. She said that she, beforehand, before the situation happens, she revs herself up and she finds something good in the new experience that she can, that she can enjoy, that she truly sets out to enjoy it, um, no matter what it is. Um, and, you know, Psychologists around the world would just be applauding because what that is, what she's doing is something what psychologists call benefit finding it's whatever circumstance you are in life it's looking for the good it's not focusing on the bad, it's focusing on the smallest good that you can find and and holding on to that. Um, so you know when this whole lockdown happened and it's it was so much more strict in in the u k than it was here, um, you know it was a discombobulating thing, of course, for her, it really changed her life completely, but you can bet that she practiced this benefit finding through it and not only kind of enjoyed it, but absolutely probably relished in it. I mean, the queen is a huge introvert. So, you know, can you imagine, I mean, for, so her introverts love low stimulating private, you know, environments with a lot of quiet and a lot of solitude so I'm sure lockdown was just absolutely golden for her and (laughs) and probably enjoyed every moment of it more than probably she would ever admit um she's never really gotten that opportunity before to just absolutely say goodbye to the world for you know a few months at a time
0: so um, <laughs> yeah she's in her element that's so sure. true yeah. gosh well that's great advice to find the silver lining in everything that's you know mm. difficult or challenging all right well we have one last question that we ask all of our guests on the podcast mm. drum roll please <laughs> brian if you could identify with any royal living or dead who would it be and why i feel like we know the answer to this <laughs> i don't want to assume i don't want to assume
2: I think the one that I most respect coming out of it, and I had no idea that I would, um, somebody that I, I do actually want to write a whole book about, but I probably won't, But and that is The Queen Mother. Um, oh, wow. I think, yeah, she she was, you know, we... It's, it's difficult. I think if anybody has just watched the latest season of The Crown, um, you don't see her in all of her glory at all. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Y- you don't see the side of her that you can see if you just start reading some biographies about her, start reading her personal letters. She was an amazing woman. And most of these rules that Elizabeth... Um, Elizabeth abides by today um, had their beginnings in in what the Queen Mother taught her. Um, so um, she, I definitely, she she is definitely the backbone of all these rules. Um, and 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 it's why, really, it, you know, it's not it, it wasn't it wasn't really her father that taught her most of these things. Her father um, didn't manage his mind, manage his temper, manage his emotions like Elizabeth um, does. And, uh, but her mother did and it's, she's, she's a great role model. I would definitely encourage anybody to um, brush up on their um, real life, you know, history of her and, and kind of get to know her a little bit better.
1: I love that. That's such That's a That's a unique answer, answer. too. Yeah. I don't think anyone's chosen. Oh, no. I don't think so. (laughs) I love that. Oh, Brian, we're so thrilled that you were able to join us on the podcast. Where can our, our listeners follow you? Are you on any social media or where can they keep up with your work? Um, yeah, it's just uh, briankosloski
2: dot com. Yeah, you could just see my uh, my other books there. Just of course, the Queen is the latest one, but some some of my previous books are on there. Um awesome. But yeah, thanks for asking. I cannot thank wait you. to check
0: out the Jane Austen one. And you can, our listeners can purchase "Long Live the Queen: Twenty Three Rules for Living" from Britain's longest reigning monarch anywhere where books are sold. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks,
2: Brian. Oh, thank you, Roberto. Thank you, Rachel.
0: That was so wonderful getting yeah, to chat with him. Loved and that. Now, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low this week. The Queen's staffer has been jailed after stealing items from the Buckingham Palace and selling them on eBay. I thought this was Wild Buckingham Palace catering assistant Adamo Canto, who's 37, is serving eight months in jail after admitting to stealing items from Queen Elizabeth and selling them online via eBay. The thefts took place November of 2019 to August of 2020. He stole signed official photographs of Prince Harry, Prince William, and Kate Middleton, and as well as some other royal. You know, tokens like a royal medal uh, of honor. So just. Very eight weird. Months. Eight, eight months is a long time. That's a long time. Wow. For nicking some photographs and selling them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's definitely bad. Don't, I mean, that's terrible, but it just. Yeah. Heavy, heavy punishment. Heavy for, punishment. For, crazy. For and they said he got away with it because of COVID. Because, you know, so many people are not at Buckingham Palace right now. There's no tourists. There's no. Yeah. You know, the queen isn't even there. So. That makes sense. It's yeah. Just,
1: wow. Crazy. Though. Well, my love of the week is additional details about this Martin Bashir interview, which we've kind of covered in various stages over as it's played out, just sort of all the sketchiness of the BBC. But the latest is an update from Haznett Khan, who, as we know, is the cardiologist that Diana was said to be really in love with from about uh, 1995 to 1997, shortly before she died. So he actually spoke to the Daily Mail, but he gave an interview and said that he always felt icky about Bashir and kind of always had his guard up and he how he felt that Bashir actually preyed on Princess Diana's vulnerability, which was one of her more attractive and, you know, Something we really loved her for, um, and he even told Diana to be really careful in her conversations with him. They, I guess, they met at a bar at one point. Diana and Khan with Bashir, and he just Bashir kept grilling Khan about his relationship with Diana, and he really gave him kind of it put him off. So, anyways, oh, wow. this is all still unfolding. But I think that what makes it feel like such a low for me is that. This interview, a lot of people credit this interview with changing the course of history because it ended up expediting the Diana divorce and that cost her her royal family protection. And then, you know, as we know what that led to in Paris. So I think that it's all, every time a new detail comes out, it makes me just like,
0: and... So icky. And it's such a big deal because Khan hasn't really talked to the media before this. No, he's very, very very private. And that was a big part of his
1: relationship with Diana and why
0: it didn't continue supposedly. So, Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Well, on a lighter note, my high of the week is very silly. (laughs) It's that, and omens go between this and I had to talk about it, it's that there is a life-size cake of Megan and Harry. Yes, a (laughs) life-size cake of Megan and Harry. It is by at Laura Cakes and Twins on tiktoks if you have tiktok or you can just google laura mason cakes and she'll come up it is so wild it's so scary looking but it's actually really incredible i've been watching a lot of great british bake-off so i think that this is what struck a chord for me is to see (laughs) <laughs> A life size cake. I of watched someone. it and
1: it's amazing. I just, it's I incredible. like, want to see it in slow mo. There's so like good. 70
0: layers of cake. It is wild. And then the icing on top of Her fondant of it, it,
1: it, skills, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's straight out of the, um, what is that the Madame Tussauds yeah Tussauds like wax. a wax she's, figure yeah totally she, agree the baker Laura Mason has also done life-size cakes of Celine Dion and Ed Sheeran she's quite the cake wow, artist well Oh, someone done. on Twitter said that it was going to give them nightmares and I kind of agree but it's just really <laughs> funny I, I yeah how it. long does that last is it before it goes bad that's so yeah. funny yeah <laughs> The smile starts to melt
1: a little. (laughs) So my high of the week was that the news that Prince William quietly volunteered at a homeless shelter over the holidays. And we only found out because The Passage shared on Instagram a series of photos. And one of the photos had him prepping donation bags. And supposedly, he also prepared hot meals and chatted with the residents. I I think that it's interesting because apparently, William has also been volunteering at this charity since Diana took him there with Harry in 1993. And they had shared a photo of that. Um, last year on Twitter so I just I I love that he did this behind the scenes I think it's very much in line yeah. with what Harry and Megan have also been doing where it's kind of like you hear about their efforts after the fact it's not about the celebrity of it all but it comes out as an update that allows a uh, spotlight to be shined on the charity so I just I love the stuff they do
0: behind the scenes like that I do too and that it's it's in Diana's memory too it's yeah. somewhere that was so special to her during her life All right. Well, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. I mean, Bridgerton Obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) We love those threads and keep them coming. Uh, You can also follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. I promise to post all the IG stories about my Bridgerton watching experience. (laughs) Yes. Keep us in the loop.